Good day bikers, Jimmy here, welcoming you to season two of Brits on Bikes. Now, much as I'm sure you would love us to jump into the action, we thought it would be a good idea to start with an introductory episode in order to clarify a few things and introduce our newest player, the delightful Sean from Omencast. As it happens, this episode turns into a bit of an impromptu world building and character creation episode. So if you're still a bit unsure how to get your own game started, you're about to see how easy it is. On a rather bum note, it does appear I have forgotten how to audio over the festive period and sound quality isn't the best it could be. I will be rectifying that over the coming weeks. Someone who always gets her sound right is the wonderful cat, our very own bard, who has composed a little ditty to close the show. I think you'll agree she's done a wicked awesome job. Be sure to follow her over at Cats Sitting Still on the Twitters. Finally, be sure to stick around until the end and listen to a promo from our friends at Seasons of Skyrend, a fantastic D&D 5th Ed actual play. Anyway, enough jabbering from me. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the brand new season of Brits on Bikes. Yes, Happy New Year to you one and all. I hope you've had a joyous and restful festive season, but we are back and on top form, fingers crossed, to begin the new season. So with me tonight is Eve. Howdy. And for the first time in Brits on Bikes history, if you don't include Spider Day, we have Sean. Good evening, or morning, depending on where you're listening to this. Well, there is that as well. There was, there was a thing, wasn't there, a few, a few years ago where people would say good time zones. I don't think I ever good really got into zones. that. Yeah. That's nonsense. Yeah. yeah, isn't it just? We actually had a pretty lively discussion on the Discord about how all time should be the same time. Yeah, British time. No. No, <laughs> no he's right. He's right. <laughs> You're outnumbered. <laughs> you, you just stick it out in the middle of, like, I don't know, out in the middle of somewhere where just literally no one is. That's the time zone that we pick. And then everyone just is that time zone. Yeah. Okay. Greenwich, Easter Island. I'm making that the time zone for everywhere. Cool. I like that. That makes sense. It's, it's always island time. All right. So. Well, hopefully, dear listeners, you've had an opportunity to recover from the events of uh, the season one finale. It was pretty heavy going. It was a bit action packed. Uh, Lots of revelations occurred and I'm sure there'll be many more to come. So the first thing we really need to talk about is, is that ending, because there was a reason why we did it. Unfortunately, uh, due to various commitments outside of the podcasting community, Kat is no longer going to be playing with us. She's doing okay. She's doing all right. She's just um, trying to sort of get real life in order and sort things out. And we felt that it best to to leave her story open for an opportunity, should she wish, to come back. 
we miss her very much and we know that she's finally listening which she never did when she played so <laughs> um, but yeah she will be sorely missed but hopefully at some point soon i don't know she'll um she'll come back um so which brings us on to eve hi hi so um have a little chat with us tell us how did you find season one i found season one to be no, I mean, I'm tooting my own horn here, but, like, pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot went down in that. Well, I mean, okay, so, uh, well, I guess clarify the question for me. Okay. I could sit here and just be like, oh, yeah, no, I thought it was good, <laughs> but, like. All right. Well, I should say to all the Sean fans out there who are listening for the first time, spoilers are about to happen. So if you haven't listened to season one, go back, listen to season one, and then come and listen to this, all right? Because we're anticipating legions of Omen fans to come and listen to us. If um, they don't, then I'll <laughs> kill off another favourite character. Amazing. I'll do it. Ethel. Not, oh, no, Ethel doesn't die. Ethel's immortal. <laughs> Ethel never gonna die. <laughs> All Scary right. woman. So I want to know both Eve and Dee. What questions do you have? I mean, we left you at the end of season one, being told that your friend no longer lived in her house. The events of the last few weeks never happened. So what's what's their thinking at the moment? Uh right now, like if we're if we're going immediately after that situation D's D's thought process is oh great I'm alone and I'm probably going to be the next person who disappears because everyone keeps disappearing okay so paranoia levels are up oh yeah yeah, yeah. no D's D's Super paranoid. Does D have any ideas about what's going on? What's happened? Well, one once again, the it, it all depends on how much time. D's given time to actually process and sort out. Okay, here, here, here is like the divergent point. Here's everyone who's missing. Uh, here's everyone who doesn't remember. Here's everyone who does remember. Where do I fit in on this? Um, I think they might put it together. Maybe not well. They'll probably think it's some overarching conspiracy now because I think I might have evolved the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's totally doable. I mean, if you want to change your character, then we can adapt. And I think there is total precedence to suggest that, you know, you would begin to fit into that conspiracy theorist trope. Because, yeah, no, do you... Next week, one week after this, as, as they've like gone all around town and like taken down notes on everything and trying to piece it all together, they definitely have a board out at the last post with like red string and pictures and all of that. <laughs> Amazing. 100%. Well, 
I tell you what, if we if we've managed to have time tonight, if you if you're saying that you've gone out for a week and begun to create your quote unquote murder board, then I will give you the relevant information at the end of the episode just to let you know where things stand at the moment. Is that cool? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely information I want. Awesome. All right. Yep. I, I can definitely do that for and you. Who, who knows? I might shift my position on where my brains are okay. up one and be a whole D6. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, I mean, you know, it's, it's totally open at the end of the day, whatever drives a story. So if we need to adapt characters and I think that you've done enough to warrant some kind of in-game reward, whatever that might be, then we can we can certainly negotiate and talk about that and and decide what it is that we. we oh, I was like just thinking about swapping my brains and my charm. <laughs> so yeah, now now D is like always just not quite all there at the moment, mm-hmm. so they're a little less charming. Yeah, no, but that makes sense. Smarter. Yeah, absolutely. I think that works. If you want to make those changes, sure. Make it so. Plus, we know how dreadful your brain's rolls were. Oh Last my scene. god! The <laughs> only time I rolled good was to dodge poop. <laughs> my favorite thing was the fact that you had been given these souped-up, crazy superpowers in the last episode, and you still rolled completely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that. like, the, the, moving up to a D6, probably not going to help me none. <laughs> well, it's going to help you a bit more. A bit. Well, while we're on the subject of mechanics, there is one thing that I, I do want to, to bring up, and that is the uh, subject of magic. Because it was all a bit kind of free form in the first season. We were just kind of making it up as we went along. Because quite honestly, big reveal here, here, um, listeners, probably not for most of you with an ounce of sense, but the Fae realm and the magical element was a real on-the-cuff decision. Um, I didn't think about it at all. It just kind of happened. And, and as it's grown, I've really come to love it. And I wanted to give magic the justice that it deserved. So with that in mind, what I've done is I've created a magic system. Now, Eve, I know you've seen this a long time ago. Sean, have you seen the magic, magic you system? To me, yes. I looked at it and I went, yes, this is indeed a system. <laughs> and being a game designer, I know what a system looks like. And, and it looked like one. And I went, yes. Excellent. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's a proof by me. If you want to head over to roll 20, you can go and have a look at the sheet I created. I've got to admit. Oh, nice. I haven't opened it for a long time. So I had no idea what any of this meant. I have written some explanations out for myself that I'd forgotten I'd done. So I, I do know how it's going to work. But for our listeners out there, my premise for the magic system in Brits on Bikes was that I didn't want magic to be a big feature. These are, after all, just kids, but they're kids who have been exposed to magic. So we need to work it in there somehow. So what I've done is I've created a system which will allow you to do a little bit of magic. The 
the way that it's split up is there's, there's two um, main phases for magic. You've got homework and then gigs. So the homework is your training stage. And in that stage, you can create any kind of magic spell that you wish, but you have to roll a certain amount, spend some psychic energy, and at some points spend some adversity tokens as well. Once you've worked through the homework, which you can see on these um, made up of various roles, you then move on to gigs. At this stage, you create a specialism. I've come up with three specialisms. It's up to you whether you decide to take them or not, or if you want to come up with your own, I'm more than happy to hear them. But just for our listeners, so we've got Phrenix. Player can perform gigs related to the mind, telepathy, mental links, mesmerism, etc. Okay, and the focus for that would be brains and brawn. Then we've got glamour. So gigs relating to glamour allow the player to alter themselves and their direct environment in a non-tangible way. Mm -hmm. um, focus for that is brains and grit. And then invocation. Invocation gigs allow the player to conjure objects or make them disappear. And again, focus is brawn. Discipline is charm. So that's it in a nutshell once you've completed the homework stage you you it's then down to you to create the types of gigs that you want to do okay and we'll talk about it and we'll negotiate as the game goes on you're not restricted by the number of gigs that you can have however it's not going to be too overpowering because you will have to spend one of your three psychic energy that you have so really, you can only spend any more, no more than three a day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this isn't this isn't perfect yet. This system isn't kind of set in stone at all. We will adapt and change as we go. I've had thoughts about you might need particular ingredients or objects in order to, to perform these gigs. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll probably post this up on Patreon at some point if folks want to have a look at it. But yeah, yeah, I think introducing magic in a in a more structured way will just make the game that little bit more interesting and will allow D to do slightly more than than their eyes. <laughs> yeah, wrinkly eyes. <laughs> oh, that said, D, I'd already decided that one of your rewards for completing season one would be that you can miss the first two steps in your homework. Sick. So uh -huh. So your first role, uh, your first successful role would be uh, focus, discipline, focus, plus one psychic energy. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, lovely. All right, then. So Eve or Dee, it doesn't really matter. Are there any other questions, anything that you want to know about what's going on moving into season two? Uh, well, I mean, like, Aside from like the general, like okay, yeah, you know, who 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 is where and who knows what mm -hmm. situation between like just like the town in general. Okay, all right. Uh, well which I mean, like, yeah, that's that's going to be more of like a like chart that we're probably going to have to set up. Yeah, well, I can I can go into some of that at the end of the episode, so that's fine. Yeah. Other than that, I I think that I 
Um, okay. How heavily is D into the conspiracy theories? Is is it like just something's wrong, or do you think you're in another universe or something? I think right now it's mostly just you know the stuff immediately surrounding her. Mm-hmm. But like you know that that has as with all conspiracy theories, it starts with one. <laughs> and then rapidly explodes into, well, if this is true, then this, 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 and this might be true. And what if they're connected? What if it's all just one big game, you know? And and like there's there's people out there controlling our actions. And yeah, it's 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 a rabbit hole. What we're going to do, as we're bringing Sean into the game and, you know, Eve's just completed the first season, I thought we'd do a little bit of world building because there is there is more we can add to Marsh Haven. It's, it's not a town set in stone. We can certainly add more to it. So, Sean. Yes. I'm, I'm going to ask you, first of all, being our new player, I would like you to tell me, one notable local landmark in Marsh Haven. Question. Yep. Do we have a fish and chip shop? Uh, we don't have a fish and chip shop yet. Feels like we need a fish and chip shop. Okay. Can it be called the Meeting Place? Is that M E A T I N G P L A I C E? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was literally just about to ask the same thing. <laughs> The guy who runs it, he he thinks it's really clever. Uh, what's the name of the guy who runs it? Um, oh gosh, okay. Um, Chester. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Anish. Anish. Oh. Anish. Um, uh, and his uh, his family own the fish and chip shop in the house just above the fish and chip shop. Can you give me some indication of the heritage of the name Anish? Um, I'd say it's probably Indian. Okay. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to be doing any <gasps> Peter Sellers styles Indian accents. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, I imagine that Anish is probably second generation, so probably has a reasonably normal sort of British accent. Yeah, that makes sense. I've saved you there. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You're too kind. <laughs> okay, then. So, Eve, can you... Yeah. Tell me about a notable local organization. Uh, well, let's see. Um, well, I mean, we haven't really gone into like, uh, like to go way, way back to like the very start of it. Like, we never really went into like the Pipistrel Lodge. Don't worry about the lodge. I've got that all in hand. <laughs> Give me <laughs> oh, a new Okay, so I got to come up with a new one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let, let's come up with something stupid. Because um, <laughs> that, that, that was my, ooh, this one's sinister. Let's come up with one that's just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, I got it. There needs to be a uh, local, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if y'all have them, but like, like a, Either a cricket or a football club. Okay, imagine be a cricket club. Like not, and, and maybe not like I don't know. If clubs the right word, but like pretty much a group of like 
like you know just like boring ass suburbanites who get together and yell at the tv and get like way too into it you've just described every pub in england there we go (laughs) (laughs) now if i recall correctly didn't the honeywell family sponsor the local football football club i think they did yes so we could we could link that in, couldn't we? What did we call them? I can't even remember. Oh god, I can't remember. It would probably have been something B related, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean maybe it could be like it could be it could it could encompass the entirety of of, of Marsh Haven's sporting prowess. So it could be like Honeywell Friends of Sport. Honeywell Swarm. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? This is a social club, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. That's a good word for it. But they mostly get just get together and uh, how would y'all word it Uh, to shout at the telly? I imagine like back in the day they were really active, but now they've all gotten to the point where they're all just shouty at telly old people, old and racist. <laughs> um okay yeah all right then so we've got a social club and i reckon that social club is probably just on the edge of honeywell gardens somewhere along story avenue that makes sense it's near a residential area so yeah down down to to further clarify story avenue goes straight at kingsford comprehensive I should post this map, shouldn't I, really? <laughs> can they have a bowling green? I feel like they'd have a bowling green. It can have a bowling green? Absolutely. So it's a social club and bowling green. I know what a bowling green is. I don't know if you do or not from that. I in- don't know so. what a bowling green <laughs> is at all. Okay, so bowling is a little bit different over here. I highly suggest. Do, does it deal with wickets? Well, no. So bowling's right, but bowling, bowling, old people bowling. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's like curling, but with balls. Ah, and grass, and old people, and they all smoke pipes. I mean, yeah, that's the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, just Boy, go out. <laughs> just go out and watch. Go out and watch black ball, which will kind of give you a vague idea. It's got like James Cromwell and. What was that guy called? Dennis Pennis. What a name. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not his actual name. Definitely didn't get beat up in school. Peter. Uh, no, uh, something K. Paul K. Paul K. Black Ball. God, yeah, there is a whole film about it. Yeah, and it's really funny as well. Sure. I remember this. Yeah, it's a great yes. film. Johnny Vegas is in it as well. The bad boy of bowls. <laughs> is it on the condom? Sorry. Have you not seen it, Sean? No, I think I have, but I kind of blocked it out of my memory. (laughs) It's very funny. They made £48,000 at the box office. (laughs) Really? That much? (laughs) That's that's awful. Yeah, I know, but it was a Brit film and, uh, you know... Yeah, for, for like, I'm assuming a fairly British sport... (laughs) Oh god, it's such a niche film. There's a well, there's a guy in it called Alan the Pipe, which further like um, reinforces our there must be someone who smokes a pipe on the green. Totally. I mean, most of that money probably went on James Cromwell's salary. Yes, but yeah, no, it's a great film. Bowling is uh, a a very British tradition. 
and not to be confused with boule, which is the French equivalent, which is slightly different. Yes. But there is a lot of smoking that goes on during that. I think they drink wine as well. They do. This is going to be a really weird <laughs> episode. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, so we've got our social club and we've got our bowling green. Mm-hmm. I am going to say at this point as well that as we have got the fish and chip shop, one of the things that Dee does become immediately aware of on their excursions around Marsh Haven is that the Phoenix Plaza has now been built. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> I know. How unusual. Real, real quick, um, in terms of like exactly how much time has passed since the incident and Dee waking up in bed. Okay, so the incident happened on the Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You woke up Monday morning. Okay. Okay, so is that Monday? It's not like a week beforehand or no, no, whatever. Okay, we do have the Phoenix Plaza, and I think that would be a good place to have our fish and chip shop. What do you reckon, Sean? I would concur. Okay, so that will go in there. Another couple of things that Dee noticed there. First of all, is the main feature, and I'm going to be a bit anachronistic now because it's probably happened, well, I know that it happened a few years down the line, maybe a decade later, but one of the main features of the Phoenix Plaza is a multiplex cinema. Damn. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. It is in the shape of a pyramid, covered by mirrors. Classy. That totally fits in with the aesthetic of the rest of the town. Fun fact, that there is an actual cinema like this. It was the first multiplex built in the country. It's called The Point in Milton Keynes. It's where I spent a lot of my childhood. But it is it's a, it's a bizarre building. Really, see, this, this is going to send D down like a pyramid rabbit hole and get into like the Illuminati and everything. I mean, whether or not it is mysterious and magical, we don't know. Don't tell my group about pyramids. <laughs> no, they'll just blow it up. Blow up the whole of Marsh Haven. Just get rid of it. It's fine. I'm clean. Um, right. So you've got this multiplex cinema. We have our fish and chip shop. There is an ice cream parlor which was moved from the old town centre. It is known as Trafalgar's and is run by the Nelson sisters. Is that new? Not exactly. They used to run a cafe just in the old centre of town, but they've moved to the Phoenix Plaza. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got the nook and cranny pub just on the edge of the plaza. Is there anything else you would like to include in this kind of shopping precinct? Um, Give me one second. I need to do a quick bit of research to check that it's um, yeah, the right time period. There should be a place where, you know, certain disguise pieces can be picked up, you know, for <laughs> ease of access. I want a Woolworths. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, do you miss them, Sean? I miss Woolworths. Yeah, I miss I'm the Penny Sweets. I miss the Pick and Mix. <laughs> can can we get disguises there? This is important. Only only at Halloween. <laughs> As you know, there's probably like a like some clothes. I can't. Woolworths had clothes, didn't it? Yeah, Woolworths sell clothes. Yeah, so yeah, we can get this. We can get disguises. 
Absolutely. Sweet. Woolworths pretty much sells everything. Yeah. So, yep, you can... More absolutely. disguises because they always 100% of the time work. God, I miss it so much. Yeah, it was a wonderful place. Would there be, was Argos around? Would there be an Argos? There probably wouldn't be an Argos back then. I can't remember. I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not sure how much we'd get into trouble for using Argos. Okay, well, we'll go with Woolworths because Woolworths is gone. It'll be a testament to what we have lost. <laughs> I, I, okay. My character will go up to it, and every time they see it, they're going to get really sad for some reason. They don't know why. <laughs> okay, Woolworths is in. All right, big red sign. Can't miss it. And it is. It's just one of those shops that you can just sit in for hours and hours. And yep. we're we're not going to get in trouble if we have to blow up the Woolworths, right? No, because they don't exist anymore. They went into liquidation, so uh, okay. that's fine. I am very quickly going to show you. There's your cinema. That sure is a pyramid. Yeah, it is. It's actually closed now. They're um, going to demolish it, which is really, really sad. I, I like how the little buildings are below it. Or above it. When are they demolishing it? Because it feels like we should go and take a photo outside it. <laughs> we should road trip. I'm in. It might already be gone. I don't know. I hope not. I know it's currently just being used as like random shops and offices. It's weird looking. It is. It's very weird looking. It's like a boxy pyramid. Yeah. With with like that they left the scaffolding on. That's where I saw Ghostbusters too. Harry and the Hendersons. Oh my gosh! Showing my age now. I'm feeling very young right now. <laughs> um, yep. It was also used in the opening credits of the classic uh, children's BBC game, the movie game. But yeah, anyway, stop feeling really old. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Do you not? It was presented by Philip Schofield. Oh, okay. All right. So, so yeah, we've got these little bit. I'm going to cut all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all these little bits and pieces. More shops will undoubtedly appear as the season progresses. Um, oh, I've just remembered there is one other shop that I haven't mentioned um, that will be in the Phoenix Plaza. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen, Dee, but um, this was a, a small gift that I bestowed to my dear friend James Anderson from the Bike Brigade and countless other podcasts. But we now have a, a, a music shop in Marsh Haven, and it's called Anderson's Vinyl Jams. Ooh. Nice. So you can get behind that. You would get some amazing, fantastic, royalty-free albums there. I look forward to listening to every single one of them in order. <laughs> yes. As somebody who has been digging through a lot of royalty-free music. It's my favorite genre of music. A lot of, How weird. <laughs> a lot of really great stuff that I've <laughs> been having a blast with. That's it. That's it. I have found some, some real bangers. I was really into David Bowie, and then I met Kevin McLeod and... <laughs> My mind was opened. Oh, Kevin McLeod is my god. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful man. Is there anything else that you think of any great significance that we may need in Marsh Haven that would aid the story? A place where there's just a whole bunch of information on <laughs> magic. <laughs> and also 
uh, all sorts of spy stuff. You can have a library. Oh, I have a library. I know. What you essentially are asking me for is a, a sort of kind of base of operations in terms of research. Well, yeah, but that was mostly just as a joke <laughs> to have a place that has all of the answers. That way, Dee doesn't have to stand around scratching their head. I can probably provide something, but we will probably leave it until the game begins to uh, to to sort that out. Oh okay. yeah, um, we got we got to discover this this repository of of things making my life easier. <laughs> I wonder something. So, um, in, there's a, there's a small uh, there's a small little sort of a villagey place near Nottingham where I live, uh, and they've got a nice sort of because they've got this sort of like marshy area outside the village. Okay. And they've like a couple of years, like twenty years ago, they fenced it off and turned it into like a nature reserve. Okay. I wonder if there could be something like where they've they've fenced off part of the part of the. Uh, marshes to turn into a nature reserve okay that's cool that's a cool idea and it's like did they did they did they did they um fence it off for nature or is it something secret according to d mm. <laughs> all right mm. fence stuff, stuff marshes i am definitely some uh freaking uh secret deer something maybe it's like a skunk ape skunk ape <laughs> skunk <laughs> It's like a big foot, but, st- <laughs> but stinky. You know, I didn't realize until listening to the Space Ages that hedgehogs were not a huge phenomena in the States. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, they, they don't live here or anything. Like, I didn't realize, I always thought a pet hedgehog, that's probably, that's probably something that's like, you know, from, uh, over like Asia or Africa or something, and like when I first heard, oh no, it's just like, it's just like a, a, an England rat. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I know, bizarre, right? I guess don't run around without shoes on. I used to have a hedgehog. His name was Cactus Jack, and he was albino. Love me some hedgehogs. It bit the <laughs> out of my mom. <laughs> all right so if we're done with world building what i'm gonna do is we're gonna have a little look at characters so mr sean yeah would you like to tell us about your character um okay so I've, i'm just gonna come up with the name off the top of my head and it's gonna be the one i stick with and i'm gonna hate it <laughs> um, i want to be um i'm just looking around i want to be plant Oculus Rift, no. Um, I'm going to be Alex Hinkley. Alex Hinkley. Alex Hinkley is... That's a wonderfully, like, beige name. It is very beige, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost, almost Auburn in terms of how beige it is. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little something about Alex, then. Um, Alex is from London. Alex has moved to Marsh Haven with his parents. His parents are like accountants, actuary kind of people, like solicitors. They do law things, I think. They don't tell me much about what they do, and I don't really care. 
That sounds um, like the same vague stuff that Uncle Tommy does. And I am not particularly best pleased about moving to Marsh Haven since I'm used to London. Um, and I'm used to having all my friends in London. So moving here is not only quite daunting, but I've got quite a chip on my shoulder for having moved to a random village in the middle of nowhere. We got so much in common. <laughs> no, this is this is this is the nice thing, really. Like we, like, I think that's probably how they would have started chatting. Maybe, maybe I did kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you been living in Marsh Haven? Then, oh God, don't imagine very long. How long has it been since the incident? Our game is going to kick off five weeks after the end of last episode okay i'd say i'd say i got there about four weeks ago um i was told probably about a week before we left london Mm -hmm. that i was going to be just saying goodbye to my friends and i was just i just had to deal with it and we got in the car we packed up all the stuff and we moved to a house in the middle of the countryside have you encountered there yet i don't know that's a good question i don't know what do you think i i think it's hard to. There's not many other kids. Well, left, I guess really. it, like like in in school, you probably definitely seen or heard D mm. because they definitely do stand out. Yep. Um, outside of school, I think D has mostly been like sequestering themselves to the last post. Do I still have access to the last post? You still have access to the last post, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, I think I think like they've been while they're trying to like sort everything out. I think they've mostly been sequestering themselves there. That makes sense. All right, then. Well, what I'm going to do then is, Eve, I'm going to roll a d20, and I'm going to ask you a question about Sean's character from the character you don't know appendix in the rule book okay. okay so what bad thing have you heard about this character that you can't believe is true and sean just so you that you know any yeah. questions asked in character creation then become canon okay right that's well well that said okay. it it is not necessarily a hundred percent true but it's definitely a rumor okay because i mean you know a rumor about someone can say just as much about them as the truth. Indeed. Um, can I know a little bit more about your character? Like, uh, what, what, like, what are your stats? Where are my stats, Jimmy? I sent them to you. Did you send them to me? I did a while ago. Oh wait, no, that I, I think I did my, I think I did my character sheet for um, the other version of me, which we're not doing. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't uh, got. I haven't got Alex. Bother. Well, we might as well make Alex as we go along then. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, then let's do that. Let me just pull up a character sheet then. Sure thingy. And let's talk about this as we go. I like. I like. I like crafting this character. People can see our methodology and logic. Uh, Jimmy, I forgot to tell you. Roll twenty actually has kids on bikes 
character oh, they sheets have, now. They do now, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, so like we can actually have like real character sheets. <laughs> As opposed to just to to like this kind of like chunky mess that I've got. <laughs> okay. Uh, my right. favorite part is that I have like in big capital letters has a fucking dog <laughs> on my sheet. Even though that dog I don't think likes me very much. Oh, that's not true. They're always talking trash to me. It's Sally. Of course, Dee doesn't know this. Maybe, maybe Sally was lying to you. Sally Ooh. never told me. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, all right then. Well, Sean, this will be a, a nice learning experience for all our listeners. So in terms of creating a character for kids on bikes, you have to, first of all, select a trope. And a trope can be uh, selected from the rulebook, or you can adapt and and tweak things a little bit, dependent on the type of character you want. I know for Dee's character, we initially had her as the quote unquote outsider. Initially, we 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 felt that they had like elements of the brutish jock, the kind of bully mm-hmm. type, but wasn't really aggressive or angry enough for people to to warrant it so we rolled it back a little bit and we came up with this idea of the outsider so sean what trope would your character fit into um real quick uh while, while we're waiting about my inventory yeah what all did i keep you can have whatever you want from your current inventory because that well i mean i i got my old backpack back yeah and so I get I get to keep like all my oh. for my new pack. You had a new pack. Yeah, rem- remember, ran away from the school, lost all my stuff, and then we, yeah, we went to Nana Casper's and got a bunch of new stuff. That's right. Okay, so you can have your new pack plus your backpack, which is what <sighs> you had at the end of the last season. Okay, so I lost my old backpack. Yeah. Hey, does that mean I have my beekeeper hat? <laughs> <laughs> you do have your beekeeper hat and bizarrely you still have the coconut oh <laughs> even though i broke the coconut yep it's it's mysteriously returned back into your bag. now this this is important <laughs> does it still seem okay after five weeks um yes i guess coconuts last a long ass time huh <laughs> I imagine D's got on like on like a plinth in the in the secret hideout. It's just there. All the red all the red strings connect to it on the plinth. Yeah. Well, I mean, like this is it's the coconut. Definitely. <laughs> like this is very explicitly. This is solely from that. There's no other reason why D would have a coconut other than the freaking purge day. <laughs> so clearly, it must be important. You bet your ass I'm writing this down. Everybody still measures things in terms of coconut eye as well. Caps, co- coconut. <laughs> Forbidden coconut, question mark. First thing on my backpack, coconut. All caps. It's important. I think it would make sense to be... I don't know. I, it feels like I would be maybe... From London, I was a popular kid, and now I'm thrust into a envir- an environment which doesn't quite fit my towny nature. 
Are there two particular tropes that you think you fit into then? That we can slam together to make a sort of middling trope. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I suppose something like maybe Lone Weirdo or Wannabe, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the Wannabe, but give me a second. Let me look at the... Yeah, I, so I think I think I think the popular kid and the wannabe smashed together would make sense because there's some flaws like in the wannabe there's resentful. Yeah, okay. And I feel like that would make sense. Like I, I I was the popular kid, but now I'm now I'm in this place where I don't know anyone, and so therefore technically I've become a wannabe. All right. So would you do anything to change the stats of the wannabe to to tweak it for your own particular character? No, that's all about right to me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Cool, 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 no, cool. No, no interesting fancy stuff on, on today's podcast. No uh, no tweaking of rules. We're just going to go with the folks I never want to be. Actually, I might swap brawn and fight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm from London. It's a London thing. All right, then. So fight goes to D6 and brawn goes to D4. And obviously, again, for those people that haven't listened to the rest of the show, we should point out that how the how the mechanics work is that each dice corresponds with a particular stat and the stats in kids on bikes are flight brains charm grit brawn and bite. and yeah you basically just assign one of those dice to each of those stats and you have a character so we're just going to quickly have a look, little look at floors so floors you said resentful would be a i, I think that one. makes sense Okay, so let's just have a quick look at the possible strengths. There is a strengths table. But I'm not downloading it because it will take a million hours. Because it will destroy your... uh, Okay, so as a team, Eve, what does Sean get? Rebellious. That's it, which gives them a plus... Uh, Plus three to resisting the influence of adults. And a plus three to influencing children. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So what are some of your possible strengths? So you can be intuitive, what that would do. That's great. First one I pick isn't even on there. Oh, there it is. So you may spend an adversity token to ask the GM about your surroundings, an NPC or the like. The GM must answer honestly, like I'm going to lie. I like that. I think that works. Do you want to hear some of the other ones? Yeah, go for it. Loyal, which is what Cat had um, last season. Uh, for every adversity token you spend to help your friends, you can give them a uh, plus two as opposed to a plus one. Very useful. It but at the same time, I, uh, judging by what I've heard of your character, not an accurate one. No, yeah. I mean, not as of yet. You've got prepared, which would um, you could spend two adversity tokens and happen to have a commonplace item with you that would aid in whatever it is you're doing. I think I had that one when I was when I did you the. Uh, did yes. yes, it was um, useful, but I got, don't feel like it makes sense for my character. Uh, protective at three to ro- uh, plus three to rolls when defending one of your friends. Mm, probably not. Nope. Skilled at. So you can choose one uh, a skill at my discretion. You are assumed to succeed when making even moderately difficult checks, nine or less, involving the skill. If mm-hmm. the GM determines that you do need to roll for a more difficult check, add up to plus three to your roll. To be honest, I'm so flancy with the rules, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like intuitive makes the most sense. Yeah, I think you're right. 
It's quite sharp. All right, intuitive it is then. I mean, you get to. Oh, I get to. Oh, God. Oh, more choices. Uh, go with the prepared one then. I think that one is just going to be amusing. Okay, prepared it is. Be prepared. Okay, so that will cost you two adversity tokens. That's okay. I imagine I'm going to get lots. Uh, I I don't I don't know what the uh, what what the stats of the wannabe are. Okay, so I get a D twenty in flight. I have done parkour in London. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is before parkour. Is this before parkour. I this is before, before parkour. Parkour. Yeah. Um, so I, I invented my own thing. It's called Alex Running. <laughs> it's where I run over buildings and stuff. And I've got a D12 in Brains. I've got a D10 in Charm. I've got a D8 in Grit. And we've swapped Fight and Brawn, so I have a D4 in Brawn and a D6 in Fight. Okay, so so uh, we have someone that is moderately charming and smart. Good. I used to be the most charming with my D6, and <laughs> that made a lot of social situations very crippling. Jeez. Luckily, Jimmy never really made us roll too many charm rolls. So, Alex, I would like you yeah. to tell me what scandal in the town was D involved with. Oh, gosh. I would say there was a situation uh, involving the new uh, cinema. Uh, D was caught sneaking in round the back to try and figure out what was going on. And um, basically, they're now banned from the cinema from okay. going in because D managed to like convince them that they were only sneaking in to watch films illegally. And so they were like, all right, then you can, you can get off with that. And then okay. they banned them. So you heard that, Eve? You are banned yep. from the cinema. Good thing that I know how to do disguises. <laughs> I never answered the question about Alex. Did you not? We're, uh, no, no, we were trying to set up their character that way, like actually, like know something about them ahead of time. Yeah. Okay, so go for it. What, what was the exact wording of it again? What bad reputation does this character have around town? I think they've got like like a reputation of being. Uh, their parents are, I'm assuming, fairly decently well off. Oh yeah. I think they've got a reputation of being kind of stingy. Down there's the rich kid. There's kind of like the general assumption. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be the one that like buys the drinks. Mm. I don't think that's really happened yet. So everybody just thinks that you're stingy. That makes sense. Stingy. It's protect cool. the pennies and then you'll look after the pounds kind of thing. Cool, 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 cool. All right, then. We've got the beginnings of a potential relationship going on here, um, which is marvellous. So I'm going to leave character creation and world building for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought maybe we could answer some questions from our listeners. Just a couple of hours ago, I popped onto our Discord, which everybody's more than welcome to join, and just asked people to throw out some questions if they had any. 
Let's go with a question from the lovely cat, our bard. Cat wants to know, do grown-ups who knew the Guardian as kids still remember that? I'm going to ask you first before I give my input. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would think that there's some possibility of it, but at the same time, nobody in the town really seems to react much to the weird dog. So I don't think so unless, unless like they've shifted into like, okay, this kind of stuff is my life now. I guess I'd imagine it'd be like that. They, they, there's a dog there. They can clearly see there's a dog, but there's something weird going on that where they don't ever fully recognize it. I don't know how to describe what I mean. Like okay. there's, there's, there's something stop. Like they see a dog. They know there's a dog there. They can acknowledge there's a dog there, but that's okay. all they can do. They, they never say, "Was the dog? What's there a dog doing?" They never, they never ask too much about the dog. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm if I'm gonna get like really highfalutin about this, one of my big premises for kids on bikes was that kind of exploration of imagination mm. and childhood innocence and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and I think there is that sort of element of the the nettles thistle who bramble whoever it might be character when the kids hit a certain age and they you know become quote-unquote grown up there is an element of putting away childish things as it were you know whether i agree with that or not probably not but i think that's where where we are with with nettles at the moment it's that he he goes through these cycles and i don't think the kids that he has looked after in the past have completely forgotten the adventures that they might have had, but I don't think it's quite as clear as it is when, you know, they're actually on those adventures. Yeah, kind of more of a... We, boy, we sure played weird games when we were younger. Yeah, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, th- I think there is a lot to explore with The Guardian, with Nettles, and it is a story that is slowly chugging away in my mind, but it's not something that's that's going to come out you know, sort of anytime soon. Spoiler alert, Nettles is significant to Marsh Haven, shall we say. No. Really? <laughs> I know. Isn't that a revelation? Real quick, while we're on Nettles, yeah. I'm assuming that D still can't like actively talk to Nettles. Absolutely not, no. Okay. <laughs> Has she been able to get nettles to like at least acknowledge in some like yes or no foot tap way that they remember anything or not i think nettles is nettles nettles is exactly he treats you exactly the same as he did when you know before the 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 ritual well let me see what i've got written down in my notes hang on so Nettles continues to be your loyal chum, but still hasn't said a word to you. That said, he still seems to have certain qualities that make you feel better when times are tough. So you still have that healing ability. You still have that 
opportunity to use that to, to either make yourself feel better or others around you feel better. But I still haven't gotten like a definitive yes or no as to where they stand in terms of what happened. You've had a lot of eye rolling. I don't know if dogs can roll their eyes. <laughs> he spent the whole of season one rolling his eyes. <laughs> I know. I know, but every time I think about that, I'm like, can dogs roll their eyes? This one can. I know there's a lot of questions as to whether or not dogs can look up, and I'm 90% sure that they can because I've definitely seen a dog look up. I'm not getting into that conversation. <laughs> um, tell you what, make a brain roll for me. Oh, you're going to hear some jingling as I fish out a dice. A die. Because this first roll of season two. Oh, snap. Wait, it's a... It's a brains roll. I've already changed my brains on the thing. You can roll a six. Aha. Yeah, three. You would hazard a guess that Nettles has some kind of inkling. Okay. Maybe my dog's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next question. Eve, did we get anything on Twitter? It is a question for Cat. What kind of dog does Cat have? Oh, what? What kind of dog was he? Pippin? Yeah, uh, it's like uh, one of them, uh, one of them little, uh, little, little fluffy dogs. Yeah, a little Long wiry hair. thing. Yeah. Four-legged dog. Yeah, one of them wants four legs and hairy all over. And it makes little squeaky sounds when you're trying to record. Mm-hmm. Love that dog. I don't know. I'm not very good with dog reads. No, I'm not either. But thank you, Evan, from the internet for bringing up the painful memory of our dearly beloved player <laughs> who is no longer with us. Cheers. Well, you said that like she's dead. No, she's yeah. not dead. I can confirm Kat is not dead, all right? She's just not playing at the moment. Um, all right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lovely Jeff from Shattered Worlds RPG um, has asked us, did they ever want to use Nettles for stuff but weren't able to? Did you try and abuse Nettles at all? What? No, we never tried to abuse Nettles. That said, there, there was a couple of times where Nettles just kind of abandoned us to go do something else. And we were like... Where's Nettles? Nettles would be useful here. And then when when there, I can't remember any specific time offhand. But it's usually just like one off real quick. Wait a minute. Where's Nettles? We we need the dog. <laughs> oh, no, the, there was that inspired moment, wasn't there, when you wanted to do magic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't think I've ever told you not to use Nettles. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you, yeah, you, you never told us not to. It's just, it's just a, the few times. There's just a few times where just nettles wasn't around to be utilized. Mm. Although, if I'm honest, um, most of the kids on bikes episode or shows that I've listened to with powered characters, the powered character does often take a back seat. 
you know, certainly once the the witch's arc was finished with the bike brigade, the, the the girl in that wasn't quite as in the forefront. And the same with who else uses a powered character? Space ages do, don't they? Um, although we've only just met them, so I can't really say how that character is going to interact with them. But I like the powered character aspects because it allows the players to get themselves out of difficult situations without us having to sort of fudge things. You know, it just, it, it, it just works. It's nice. And when it's there, it's convenient. And when it's not, it's sad, but Nettles is always there. He's just not very vocal sometimes. Yeah. Eve, I think, you know, I know what you're going to say, but what was your favorite episode and why? I like the one where I can't remember exactly which episode it is. I was I was looking at it. I'm like, it's it's one of these. It's like 19 or 20. It's the one where where Sally comes and saves D, and like we're on the run and get into a car chase. Oh my god, the car chase! <laughs> awesome. That was bonkers. Like, yeah, like there's just, there's so much stuff that happened in that. Oh, Sally threatens to stab her mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think that was episode 19. And like, yeah, eight episodes 18 and 19, easily my favorite two episodes, just because they were just so wild and like almost out of character with the rest of the show. Because, like, the rest of the show is kind of fairly slow burn. Big stuff happens, but, like, there's build-up to it. And with those ones, it's just so much happened so fast that it was buck wild and yet dramatically in character. Yeah, absolutely. I loved and- it. I, I had an absolute blast with that. Although I'm surprised you didn't say episode 10. Episode 10? Well, first of all, that'd be kind of tooting my own horn. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 10 is great as like this self-contained thing. It's a a bottle episode, isn't it? Yes. And like, I think episode 10 is going to go way up there in terms of like my placement in terms of favorite episode once it has more connection to the rest of the show. Yeah. Just because like season one, we're dealing with like, you know, an apocalyptic of it. So D's a bit distracted. I think the way you've described it, we're going to be trying to shift over to smaller stories. Well, that's the hope is to, is to do more kind of sort of monster of the week rather than monster of the year. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, like I, I think, I think we're going to be able to like, dive into that shit a little bit a little bit more okay and that actually brings us on to an interesting point that we should really talk about is that um is sean so yes obviously you know how that that these character is is going through having this these these uh <laughs> sort of i'm being that awkward white straight man on <laughs> um these little situation I've, I've 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 had inklings of a situation going on so i'm just trying to think about how alex may react let's say d and alex became friends and d went oh yeah i think i'm a girl 
Mm-hmm. We should become frenemies. I know. It's the 70s, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 kids tend to have a, a way less ridiculously rigid. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, kid, like, when, whenever I've experienced like, they tend to be way more accepting of stuff. So I imagine Alex probably wouldn't, like, especially if they built up a bit of a relationship. I imagine yeah. they would have at that point. And the fact that Dee's going to be like, also, magic's wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, I imagine there's bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, Including magic's the wheel, there's monsters, I stopped the apocalypse, and I fought a bunch of wizards. Oh, wait, this is like, this is like the least important thing about me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think Alex would probably be cool. As long as it was done at probably the, the right time. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll like... I mean, that was the same with Sally. Um, you know, we we did it off the back of episode 10 where Dee was just in a headspace where they couldn't talk about it to anyone and they needed that release. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dee and Sally were, were both kind of strong friends at that point. We would mm-hmm. need to find some kind of direction. Dee needs to confront her feelings Mm-hmm. in a way that will allow Alex to to realize what's what's kind of going on with them. That makes of course, sense. we can also get into shenanigans with all that. Yeah, shenanigans are always great. I love shenanigans, but we could discuss the specifics of our shenanigans on a later date. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We don't want to get too heavily into plot because... Um, Obviously, it all happens naturally and organically. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think we've been talking for long enough now and um, we need to start wrapping things up. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you the lowdown as to what has been occurring in the five weeks since the end of the last episode. You are welcome to put anything else in that you want that would be significant for your character. Alex, Sean as well, you can add anything additional that you would like us to know about what your character's been up to during those five weeks. So I'm just going to read this straight and just let you know. Five weeks have passed since the Strangely Forgotten Festival. Everything has changed yet remains familiar. Sally has gone, and apart from the mural on the wall of the school depicting a strange land with a character very similar to Sally and her mother in the background, it's almost like she never existed to most people. Uncle Tommy believes nothing has happened and that his routine was never altered by Wallace's evil schemes. Neither he nor any of the other townsfolk remember Wallace other than being a crotchety old member of the Aquarius Association. Those who died in the lead-up to the ritual have not returned. So Veronique, Seamus, the Neeps, and the Reverend Duguid have all gone. Mm. Recent reports in the Marsh Haven News indicate that the sum of £40,000 has gone missing from St Winifred's Church, and the rumours are that the missing townsfolk were somehow involved. Um, Thistledown she has also disappeared. She had taken a leave of absence from school before the festival and never returned. Although surprisingly... Did the festival happen in the continuity that um, we're currently in? The festival never happened. Nobody has any knowledge of it. Okay. So there's no like alternate festival for some other thing? Nope. Nope. Nothing at all. You are surprised to learn when eventually you go back to school 
that Miss Thistledown has been replaced by Erin. Oh. Who is now the history teacher for Anna Kingsford Comp until they can find a suitable replacement. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's Erin aware? Okay, Erin is aware. Erin is having an absolute whale of a time being a teacher. She's a, a kind of cross between the cool teacher that everybody loves and the strict disciplinarian. She's just absolutely bonkers. None of the kids know what to make of her. Although she hasn't avoided you, it's been difficult to get her alone. Gotcha. But just to confirm, Dee is not the only one that remembers. Dee is not the only one that remembers. Okay. That's that's good. That will go a long way to not just like making the one hundred percent like isolationist. No, I need to separate. All right. So we've we've already said that the last post remains. Although every time you have been there, the disciples are nowhere in sight. Has the train car that they were standing in, like does it look like it's been used recently? Still there. Office is exactly as you, you left it. Okay, it, so so there's evidence that they were yeah. there. It's just like they're not there now. They're not there at the moment, no. Okay. In your investigations, as it were, over the last kind of four or five weeks or so, there is one strange thing. One really just, strange Just thing. one? Well, probably <laughs> not just one, but you... It's the coconut, isn't it? <laughs> Freaking coconut. Every so often, you have the feeling that you are being watched. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. You don't know exactly by who or what, but you have found yourself looking over your shoulder more than usual in the last few weeks. It's like jumping around real quick and going, aha! Yeah. Not saying nothing? Absolutely, yeah. No, I'll get you next time. (laughs) Is there anything that you would specifically like to do in those five weeks that we haven't talked about this evening? Oh, uh, Nana Casper. I knew you were going to ask me about Nana Casper. I mean, it is kind of important because we did make a deal and the deal was weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So like... I think I think the way Dee would approach it would be just like casually strolling into shop and being like, oh yeah, no, I just uh shopping. So nothing weird's going on. Nana Casper is playing her cards very, very close. She clearly knows that you know that a deal went down. She hasn't said anything explicitly. But when you've gone in there, she has suggested in her own special little way that you still owe her favors. Yeah, like, you know, mentioning, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you around. See you later. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. on the later. Yeah, absolutely. And Tony's still there as well, doing his thing, in his little apron, making the shelves all tidy and whatnot. Okay. All right. Uh, Anything else you'd like to do? Other than that, like pretty pretty much, I I think these general game plan right now it has been going around and getting all their ducks in a row, 
getting everything sorted out. All right, where where do I stand with everything? What's the exact situation? Who knows what? And then moving on from there. Cool. Okay, so it's just getting all the pins in the board right. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Sean, is there anything that Alex wants to do during this time? Uh, I imagine Alex is, is basically getting used to the whole the place as a whole i mean they're currently on the map there is a giant pyramid so i can't really see the map but oh yeah sorry (laughs) i imagine like he's been just walking around he hasn't wanted to spend time at the the hat the new house because the new house feels like weird and wrong to him whereabouts do you live oh good question so this is the main residential area which is honeywell gardens yes up here, we have Seaview Terrace as well. I was looking at Seaview Terrace. Which is a, a little bit more well-to-do. Yeah, I imagine I imagine my family be, be on Seaview, Seaview Terrace. Okay, um, well, we'll put you up there. So off the map, you, you literally are looking out to sea. Nice. You're not on cliffs or anything like that, but you can see the sea. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I imagine since I've been living in London most of my life, I haven't really gotten out of London um this is kind of new for me seeing the sea every day i smell a beach episode ah yeah that's good (laughs) i like that um yeah going out to sea would be like seeing the sea is novel for me i guess at this point still um and the fact that the air smells nice most of the time is also weird i guess i'm sort of just like getting my bearings i'm going to the cinema a lot i don't at this point, Alex is the mundane character, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah. We've got to indoctrinate him first. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, most of the time, I'm just like getting mad at my parents for bringing me here and walking around. Awesome. What are your parents' names, by the way? Oh, God. Um, I'm looking around, looking around the room. Uh, Christmas tree and fireplace. No, um... I'd say David and Goliath. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Goliath! I'm trying to think of names from back in the back in the seventies. Like, what, what kind of names did like women have? Gloria, Gloria, G now. Oh, Gloria. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, why not? Gloria, go for it. I don't know their names. To me, they're mum and dad. They've still not done that weird thing where I've, I've I've heard them talking about them like each other, but I've never like cottoned on to the fact that they're using their names. <laughs> they introduce themselves to D, and you're just like, your names are what? <laughs> Gloria? What? That's a terrible name. That's the dumbest name I've ever heard. <laughs> I got sent up to my room. That's my mom's name. (laughs) We are going to have to wrap things up there, I think. So are there any plugs that anybody wants to do before we say a fond farewell to our listeners? God, I probably should, shouldn't I? Yes, you should. Okay. I mean, have you you told people that, like, we share the same universe? Yeah, we talked about it. So I'm the DM of Omen. It's a show where I get bullied by three people once a week um, and, and slowly watch my sanity drop. It's set in modern day uh, and it follows a shady secret organization ran by the UN that go around and stop monsters. 
and it's set in the same universe as uh, Brits on Bikes, which is kind of fun. Oh, I was going to say, it's just, it's, it is dramatically weirder. It's surreal. <laughs> it's so weird. You never know what's going to happen next because I don't know what's going to happen next. Like, the, like, I'm amazed by the amount of planning you do, Jimmy, on, on this. Like, you have a map. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want, do you want I have for a session? I have four bullet points about what I want to happen, and that's it. I don't know what's going to happen other than that. I just know I live in too much fear. I've got a plan. Otherwise, I just, I'm terrified the Wait, whole time. I, I can't I have just a make it up on the fly. I have pretty much nothing written down for my stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, there, there's stuff that... I've written down that we haven't even touched. We haven't gone near. And there are stuff that Eve and, and Kat came up with that were just inspired and I've just rolled with. So I'm not like a gatekeeping kind of precious GM. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. It. You're, you're, you're not a train conductor. No. I, 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 I do need my security blanket of my, of my wealth. Like, yeah, j- just, just in case stuff where it's <laughs> like, okay, we don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed like working with you on like the sort of niggly little things and sort of working out what, like where the Fey lie and, and what Fey are and what, like we're going to be introducing elves in our season two. And they're like, Ooh, okay. uh, part nice. Fey, part, part human. I think that was what we were going to go with, which I quite, I'm quite excited for. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been fun sort of working with Jimmy and, and, and coming up with like little bits of universe. And then like when I've been listening to Brits on Bites, you know, you're, 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 you're seven, is it seven point or five pointed star? It's seven pointed star, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been like, I just scribbled that down. I was like seven pointed star. I mentioned seven pointed star in whatever episode we do about the Fae Realm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it does, it all links in and there's, there's there yeah. are like little things that are going on and, you don't know i sat down one one night and and wrote like a whole history of marsh haven and omen and how it all kind of fits together and it's definitely definitely something that we're going to explore in the in the in the coming months but it's a good deal yeah i'm I'm excited i'm i'm excited as well i think it's gonna be fun um it'll be nice to it'll be nice to be a player character as well rather than being the whatever the hell i am the bullied Michelle yeah, um, of a man. I just no, but honestly, I love your style. I love the fact that you, you like your players say something and you just go, <laughs> Yep. Like and you just and like every single person you've had on that show just destroys you. I well. love it. It, 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 it it's it's this amazing dynamic. Like it starts with it starts with, oh, hello, I'm looking forward to being on your show. And then they start and like they immediately get this sort of, they, they get the vibe of, we're all here to bully Sean. And, and it's, it's amazing how quickly that it, it, turns from, it turns from me saying, oh, I'm looking forward to having you on the show. I'm, I'm, I think you're going to be able to drive the plot forward really nicely. And I think we're going to do some really fun stuff to let's mess with Sean and see how much he'll cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I could definitely tell that Joel, that's what Joel was doing the Joel entire was doing time. It. Yeah, Joel was Joel, doing it. Joel's a natural at it. Holy, <laughs> Joel is so good. Like that whole character, how he pulled those films out of his head so quickly and so brilliantly. So it's, it's actually, um, I can I can tell you, he he had them all lined up as tabs on his computer. Amazing. <laughs> he was he was well prepared for that character. Um, such a real nice mix of characters as well. Like, yes. 
I was I was I was really happy with um with Adele from uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. That was really fun. Um, yeah, mm. and he immediately got that. Let's bully Sean thing, <laughs> which was great. But no, I I I I really enjoy doing that. But it'll be nice to do a player for once. Um, yeah. and I, I'm excited to see. Like I I want to do an episode of Omen in Marsh Haven, but in modern Marsh Haven at some point. Yeah, we can do that. Definitely. And, and bring in like like. It's not. It wouldn't. Is it Boomer or Gen X? D D uh, uh, D is technically a Boomer. Yeah. Oh no. Nin- <laughs> Nineteen fifty nine. Oh man, that'll be exciting to the see. Crotchety old racist lady. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we know D's gonna be cool. D would have voted for Brexit. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Come on. Dia, Dia has been exposed to so much stuff that should open her eyes. She's going to be cool Actually, as hell. Yeah. She's going to be cool grandma. Yeah. So, Sean, where can people find Omen? You can get it on your... It's podcatcher, isn't it? People say nowadays, isn't it? That's, mm-hmm. that's the new one. So you can get it on your quote-unquote podcatcher. I like to imagine people with butterfly nets. Yes. What's <laughs> Or they're sitting there and there's like a podcast coming towards them like any second now, any second now. If you search for Omen or Omen Investigations, you will find it. It's got an eye for the logo. It's, it's, it, it, it's difficult to miss. Um, and I would recommend sticking with it after the first couple of episodes because we do start to get a flow after that because before episode one, two and three and four, none of our players had ever met before which is an interesting thing. That was the same with us, actually. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Okay, so that's, that's, that's Sean. <laughs> um, Eve, are we at that stage yet? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I've been talking about it nonstop. But for, first of all, check out uh, Seasons. I played a character in that. It's a mini-series on the Critical Bits podcast, and that one's a blast. So. Look into it. It's a lot of fun. It's goofy and weird and a, just a very ambitious project that involved 16 players. Yep. And once again, another connection to Omen with that one as Xavier Nelson. You uh, managed to role play with, with, the, with the scary man. I love him. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's amazing. Absolute, he's just <laughs> absolute blast to play with. He's going to be um, one of the best men at my wedding, which I'm quite excited for. Going to be uh, going to be fun and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking forward to hearing stories on that. Yeah. Um, and then I am also GMing a new podcast, which probably won't be released. For a little while because I'm still learning editing and I want to get like a nice chunky backlog. But it is called Imposter Syndrome or How I Learned to Start Loving Myself and in the World. And yeah, it's it's a it's also a kids on bikes, but like in a way that is polar opposite of pretty much every other kids on bike system or game what was the exact thing that i said to you after i listened to it oh shoot what what did you say i said sean so have you seen good omens yeah that's right (laughs) if if brits on bikes was uh azrafel 
imposter syndrome would be Crowley. Oh That's, my god! It's just, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. It's so much yeah. fun though. Really, really uh, good. The the basic concept is that for episode one, uh, our our group of rowdy teens have uh, summoned Satan and kicked off the end of the world. And yeah, so far what we've recorded has been an absolute delight in some of the dumbest <gasps> I've ever done. And where can people find you, Eve? Oh, uh, at Copper Harpy on the Twitter. Okay, well, as we're all announcing exciting shows, I mean, obviously you can catch me at Jimmy Sprinkles. Uh, that's two S's at the end. And obviously I'm the GM for Bricks on Bikes at Bricks underscore Bikes. Um, but I'm also now the host of uh, What's Your Role, which is a interview panel style show talking to actual play podcasts about their characters. We've had one episode air so far, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, like meeting all these new actual plays and their processes and whatnot. But yeah, give it a go, and that's part of the Role to Play Network, who have millions of shows that you should be listening to all of them because they're lots of fun. Okay, so I think that's pretty much all the preamble. Let's sign off, shall we? So from Eve, it's... Oh, uh, bye. (laughs) And from Sean, it's... Au revoir. And from me, Jimmy Sprinkles, I'm saying keep on biking. Bye-bye. Bye. Brits on Bikes is steered by the Kids on Bikes RPG by Doug Lewandowski and Jonathan Gilmore. For more information on the game, visit renegadegamestudios.com. Brits on Bikes features Eve Smith as D, Sean Oxpring as Alex, and Jimmy Sprinkles as the GM. To keep up with all the latest BOB news, you can follow us on Twitter at Brits underscore Bikes. To unlock exclusive BOB content, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Brits on Bikes. Help us share Alex and Dee's adventures by reviewing us on iTunes, Podchaser, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And remember, keep on biking. Welcome to Seasons of Skyrend. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Nate. My name is Shannon. And my name is Chris. Ah, <sighs> Hachimachi, that's not how I thought we were starting things off. <laughs> hey, we're always good for an unexpected decision. To draw your little distinction for you, mm-hmm. I do want you dead. If we survive this, we will try and find them. Oh god, this is so stupid. Well, everybody fails until they don't. Fair point. My favorite part of this fight is the looting kangaroo on the other side of the room. You are persistent. I like that about you. And I have to admit, you surprised me, which I like even more. Seasons of Skyrend is a custom D&D podcast with new chapters every week. Join us as we fight gods, governments, and disasters of our own making. Look for us wherever podcasts are found and on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, where the story will always continue.